Run into Old Navy Saturday and Sunday for 50% off all Old Navy active styles for adults and kids. They're all 50% off. But hurry, it's Saturday and Sunday only at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 215 to 216 excludes in-store clearance and baby. Today's sales leaders face a difficult task, selling the right products at the right time through the right channels. A new three-day program from Harvard Business School Executive Education addresses this problem directly. Join us on the Boston campus in August for Managing Sales Teams and Distribution Channels, where you will discover strategies that can lead to the best sales performance. Learn more by clicking the banner or visiting hbs.me sales. That's hbs.me sales. Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, one, one. When I had come down this hill, I had seen this creature cross the road. It would have ripped my locked door from my truck, extracted me from my vehicle, and there wouldn't have been a damn thing I could have done about it. This thing, I got to notice in its eyes. Its eyes was real, real evil, real sinister looking. Look, it was given. Sasquatch Chronicles, a place where people share their encounters. Let's start the show. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks for being here tonight. You know, it's interesting, as I do this show, for every one witness you guys hear on the show... I probably have spoken to 10 or 15 people throughout the week that want to talk about their encounters, want to get it off their chest and share it with someone who isn't going to call them a liar. Not everyone wants to come on the air. People are afraid of uh, ridicule. People are afraid of being called liars. And I probably understand that more than most. It's interesting as you listen to people's encounters. And this is the one thing I, I guess I... I get lost at listening to a lot of other Bigfoot shows, how they put so little value on people's encounters. You can gather so much information from what a witness reports. And tonight's a perfect example of that. My first guest tonight is Jay. And Jay was actually out hunting. As you listen to his encounter, pay close attention to some of the behavior that Jay mentions uh, that he saw the Sasquatch doing. So I want to go ahead and welcome Jay to the show. Jay, thanks for being here tonight. I really appreciate it. No problem. No problem. Thanks for having me. And if you would, you had 
probably one of the best encounters I've ever heard. And you talk a little bit about some behaviors in your encounter that made me really stop and think when we hear different things that witnesses report that Sasquatches do, but we never actually see them doing it. And you were lucky enough to be in a position to see some of the different behaviors. And it made me really stop and think about a lot of things that I've heard in the past about why they do what they do. Well, what part of the country did this happen in? Yeah, I refer to it as uh, one of my best and worst days of hunting ever. I'm from upstate New York, and back in 1995, I was working down in Nashville, Tennessee. So I lived down there for from 1995 until 1998. That's when the big construction boom was going on, and that's where my encounter took place down there, and right on the border of uh, Tennessee and Kentucky. There's uh, a lot of sightings around that area too. I've been uh, looking over the internet and learned that there's a lot more than just me seeing the same thing down there. Yeah, there is a lot going on down there in that area. What were you doing at the time of your encounter? Well, uh, I was working for a construction company, and uh, one of the guys I was working with happened to ask me if I wanted to go hunting. I've been a hunter all my life. You know, come October, I'm in the woods until hunting season's over and I didn't get a I didn't think I'd get a chance to hunt that year because I didn't really know anybody down there and didn't have any land to hunt but this guy happened to ask me if I wanted to go hunting he had a big piece of property right on the border of Kentucky and Tennessee so I was happy to do it pumped up because I didn't think I was going to be able to hunt that year you were out hunting can you walk us into the encounter. Tell us what you saw. Just walk us right into the encounter. Okay, we got started real early in the morning because we wanted to get set up and positioned. And uh, he drove me halfway up this mountain. It's like a dirt road. They call it a holler down south or a hollow or a holler or something like that. There's like mountains on both sides of the road. No houses down the road, just all woods. And uh, he drove me up the one side of the mountain on his four-wheeler and dropped me off, and he was going to hunt the other side of the road on the other mountain. But I had to walk another half mile after he dropped me off to get to the top. He told me just to follow the cow path because there's a, I guess there's a farmer that leases his land and lets his cows roam free on it. So I got up there, got all set up. I had a ground blind, you know what they are, a little pop-up ground blind. Right, yeah. Got that all set up. It was still dark by the time I got set up. And, uh, whew, starting to give me jitters just thinking about it. It got light, and I noticed this jet black thing. And, uh... I told you before I had a pair of binoculars, a real good set of uh, 12 by 50 bushnells, and they're on a tripod, so I could see everything real good. There's At the top of this mountain, there was, it was like a bowl, probably a couple acres of, looked like a meteor hit the top of the mountain. There's just like a huge bowl in the top of the mountain. You know what I'm talking about? There's areas out here in Washington that are like that. Yeah, I got... 
a setup right at the edge of the uh, bowl or whatever you call it, crater. And it looked like they uh, did a lot of tree cutting in that area, like selective cutting in that bowl. So it was pretty clear in there. You could see real good where I was set up. As soon as it got light, I happened to notice everything was green and there was just that jet black. I'm thinking to myself, man, is there bears here? I, I didn't even bother to ask it if there was bears here. I know there is over on the east side of Tennessee in the Smoky Mountains, but I didn't think there was bears over this in the middle part of Tennessee. I know it was an animal because I had the binoculars. I could see fur. I could see skin. And I could see it moving back and forth a little bit. I could not tell what it was. I sat there for 10, 15 minutes watching it. Picture this thing laying on its back with its knees up in the air, but together. That's what I was seeing was his legs, his knees. It looked like the back end of a bear to me. But all of a sudden, I was looking at it, and it split in two. So I didn't realize it at the time, but after I had spread its legs apart, put his legs back together, that's why I kept seeing daylight between it. So after about 10, 15 minutes, things stood up. I happened to glance back over there, and it was huge, probably eight, nine foot tall, three, four foot wide. I could see hands, his butt crack, his skin, his hair, his shoulders. On top of his hair, head, he had long hair. He had his back to me when he stood up. At first, I'm freaking out. I'm like, what the heck? I thought a gorilla or something escaped from the zoo or something like that. And I got to watching it for a little while and just couldn't wrap my mind around what I was looking at. It was a huge gorilla-like man. And what was it doing? At first, he stood up. He had his back to me. It must have been laying down when I first saw it. I was just seeing his knees and his legs. I thought it was a bear. It stood up maybe five, ten minutes after it got light. and I, I had watched the thing grab a rock, and he was going from tree to tree, smacking on the trees. And he'd put his head up to the tree like it was listening to the tree or whatever. At first, I didn't know what I was watching, but eventually I figured it out. He was listening for... Uh, critters crawling around inside. He was going from tree to tree, whacking it with a rock and putting his ear up against the tree. Finally, he must have heard one because he pushed a tree right over. I heard him uh, make a weird grunting like noise when it was pushing the tree over. And I seen it like smashing at the tree and I couldn't really see the tree because of the weeds, and it was laying down after he pushed it over. And then all of a sudden, he stood up with what was a raccoon, I believe, a raccoon or a possum or something like that in his hand. And he smashed it up against the stump, sat down, and I watched him bite at it and then stick his finger in the skin and rip the fur off of it and watched him eat it. Freaked me out. Oh, Jesus, I can't even imagine sitting there. And <laughs> I'm telling you, I, 
I couldn't even hear. Or I was having like tunnel vision, like a panic attack or something, anxiety attack, I guess. I was freaking out. I didn't know what, what was going on. Thought the thing was going to come up the hill and rip my head off or something. The tree knocking behavior that you described, you know, we've always yeah, theorized that I, they do that for different yeah, reasons. Yeah, I hear it but... on uh, some of the shows, like the, they think it's some kind of communication or something like that. They're always whacking on trees with bats and hollowing like coyotes, thinking that they're going to get one to come to them. But I believe it's what I witnessed. They're looking for food. Once he heard that something's scurrying around inside after he whacked it with a rock, he pushed the tree right over, started ripping the tree apart to get to the raccoon, or it was either a raccoon or a opossum. Couldn't quite tell. Now, when you were looking at it through your binoculars, did you get a good look at the face? Oh, yeah. Like I said, it was out in front of me for close to 45 minutes. I got to look at every inch of his body except his feet and lower legs because of the brush. And he looked up at up towards me quite a few times, but I was in that ground blind, and the wind was blowing right in my face, so he never could have smelled me. I was in a perfect position. Yeah, you were in a perfect position to view him, especially with the wind and, and yeah, everything. And I could see perfect down in that bowl. I could see that whole area. I was in a ground blind, and on the ground blind, it has, like, camouflage netting on it. You can see through it from the inside, but from the outside, you can't see into it. So I know he never saw me. He looked up my way a few times, but he never acted suspicious, like someone was watching him or anything. I watched him eating uh, that raccoon or possum or whatever it was, and watch him eating some kind of roots and stuff like that. I seen him digging in the ground with a stick, eating some kind of roots. After about 15, 20 minutes, I started heading around the mountain towards the way I come up, but it didn't come up towards me. It was it went out and it was going around the side, but it was going towards the way I came up. I'm thinking, man, I don't want to leave here now I'm scared that that thing's going to be waiting for me down there on the trail. So I sat there another couple hours, I'd say, and uh, out of nowhere I hear, smash, crash, crash, crash. Sounded like elephants were running through the woods. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this thing's caught my trail scent, and he's coming right after me. Next thing you know, a... Nice sized deer come running up the hill, big buck deer. And I didn't even think about shooting it because I didn't want to draw no attention to me. I was, believe me, I was frightened. And three doe come right behind him. Which what's weird about that is the the male deer are usually chasing the females, and the male deer was before the females. So I know that that thing spooked them deer up the hill. I climbed up a tree and sat there and sat there and sat there. It seemed like forever. We were supposed to stop hunting around 2 o'clock that day. I wasn't leaving. I was up in that tree until someone came and got me because I was frightened. And I've been hunting in the woods all my life, and I've never been scared before. 
this thing just had me shook. I didn't know what it was. I never heard about Bigfoot before. This was back in 1995. I was 21, 22 years old. I didn't hear nothing about Bigfoot before that. I've never seen, like, that Patterson film or anything. I never seen any movies about Bigfoot. I didn't know what I was looking at. I was, at the time, I was sure I seen an escaped gorilla. But it didn't really look like a gorilla. It looked more like a man, as far as the face. And can you kind of describe the face? Uh, it had, like, a wide nose. And it, it didn't stick out far. It was just like a wide, flat nose. Kind of like a gorilla, but it stuck out a little more than a, a gorilla's nose would. Had the uh, small lips. Definitely had the uh, big teeth, big canine. You know how humans had the canines? Yeah. This thing had the canines too, but they were more noticeable than a human's. Eyes were pretty big. I could see whites around jet black eyeballs. And the face was kind of, I'd say, like uh, a black guy's complexion, the skin. And it had fur under the eyes, on the cheekbones, none around the lips, wicked, long, scraggly-looking beard, and long, scraggly hair, kind of like an 80s rock, rock star haircut but scraggly looking. thing had huge, huge muscles. You could tell every time it moved, you could see its muscles under the hair. The hair wasn't that thick on the body, but it was totally covered in hair. But it wasn't thick like like that Patterson-Gimlin film. That kind of looks thick until you see the close-ups of it, and then you can see the skin. This thing wasn't as uh, hairy as that one. Definitely tell it was a man who had his junk hanging. That's interesting. What color was the creature? Jet black, shiny jet black. Like I said, everything was still green at the time down there. He stuck out like a sore thumb to me. Shiny jet black. Like a black bear. If you ever seen a black bear in the woods, they're shiny, shiny, shiny black. Yeah, they kind of have that. Got that greasy, greasy, shiny coat. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. Is they have that real greasy, oily, uh, and in the sun it just shine, it just glistens off their back. Yeah, and in certain spots it was more hairy, and in certain spots it was thinner and less hairy. Like on his butt, it was less hairy. Could definitely see his butt crack, and I had good binoculars so I could see the skin and. Crap's hanging off his fur, around his butt area, fingers, fingernails. Creepy, creepy. I've been a hunter my, most of my life, and I, I'm uh, scared to go in the Not scared, but I get an uneasy feeling if I go in a deep, deep forest area. Kind of ruin my hunt, my hunting. Yeah, I, I don't hunt, blame you. I don't blame you at like all. Like I used to. Yeah, I don't blame not you. Like at all. I used to. Yeah. Like I see these people, they're always searching for things. No way, I'm never going to go looking for one because I don't ever want to see one again. Even though I feel lucky that I did see it, I, I there's no way I want to see another one. I live uh, not too far out of the end at Roundback State Parks, which you can fit all other state parks inside of it. 
you know, I've been through most of it, and I've never seen nothing like that before. So I've heard reports of them being up around here, but I've never seen anything, no footprints, nothing. Yeah. Another thing that was down in that clear-cut area was where they where they were cutting the trees. There was big, big piles of tops where they pile up all the treetops. It could have been living in one of them, too. Who knows? I don't know. You know, listening to your encounter, this is why I have a hard time with the people who talk about the paranormal side of Bigfoot. You hear encounters like yours. It's pretty much an animal out there in the woods. Yeah, it's doing, definitely an animal. Yeah, doing animal things. You know, out there it was getting food. It was, um, and, you know, they may look, have a human-esque look to them, but in the same breath, it's an animal. And when you see your encounter or you hear your encounter, there's no weird stuff. Go- you know, there's no dimensions opening up. It doesn't have superpowers. Uh, you know, no. it was probably laying there all night, got up, decided to eat something. I like your description. You know, it's just you thought a gorilla had gotten <laughs> loose from the zoo. Uh, and there's yeah, no gorilla is all I could think of, but it wasn't a gorilla. I know that for a fact. It, gorillas don't walk on two feet and they don't stand eight, nine foot tall and the face was totally different than a gorilla. The back, I will say the back was uh, grayish like a gorilla is, like a male gorilla is, but it didn't have a big fat gut like a gorilla and it didn't walk or move around like a gorilla. It moved like a ninja man. Being how big it was, the thing could disappear and pop up around the next area in seconds like it was a master of its terrain. So did the creature just end up leaving? Like I said, it walked around the side of a mountain and those deer come up. I was get it was probably two hours that when it walked around to when them deer came up. I was just sitting there, didn't want to move. After a while, I started packing up, and then those deer come up the hill, and I thought, sure, that thing was going to be right behind them. So I climbed right up a tree and stayed up there until that guy must have, he got tired of waiting for me, and he drove up on his four-wheeler. I wasn't going to leave until he came and got me. I told him about it, and he said he left a ladder stand up there the year before, and he came up a couple weeks later. He don't live there. It's just land that he owns. He hunts, there's no houses or anything there. And he leases the land to a farmer to let cows free range on the field park. But he he come up there to hunt in his tree stand, his uh, ladder stand. He said the thing was all folded up and mangled and smashed. He had it chained to a tree. The weird part about it is the chain wasn't cut or anything. The links were pulled apart like something pulled it off the tree. He couldn't figure out. He thought maybe kids did it, but he couldn't figure out how they pulled the chain apart like that. So I'm thinking that thing wasn't having that ladder stand in its area and decided to smash the crap out of it. And so did your friend believe you? Did he go, hey, you know what, I believe what you saw? Uh, I don't know. He kind of told a bunch of people at work, and they picked on me for a little while. So who knows? I bet you he never went up that hill without thinking twice about what I told him, though. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I believe you, Jay. I mean, your description is just, 
yeah, there's way too many details to your description. Oh, I, I know they exist, man. I, I don't think there's a ton of them. I just think they exist in small pockets and good habitat for them. They have a good area where they can stay healthy and stay away from human beings because there was no houses within 50, 60 miles of this where I was hunting that day. There's tons of caves for it to hide in and stuff. But I never thought about it until still after I'd seen it, I wasn't sure if it was one. I was thinking it was a escape gorilla for the longest time until I started researching what a Bigfoot and a Sasquatch was. What I came up with was, what I believe it was, was a Gigantopithecus. All the pictures that I've seen and all the the research on those things, that's what I believe it is. I believe there's small pockets of them still left in this United States and up north in Canada and Alaska. They came across the land bridge, supposedly. I know they still exist. Yeah, and a lot of people, when they hear your story, they'll think, well, why didn't you pull the trigger? But until you're in that yeah. situation... You know, I didn't you, even think about that. Yeah. I didn't even think about shooting at it. No way. Like I said, I was seeing like a tunnel vision. My ears were ringing. I was having an anxiety attack basically for hours. I didn't know what to do with myself. Things freaked me out so bad. And how far away was the creature from where you were at? I'd say when I first saw it, it was probably 150 yards away. It meandered around in that bowl there for, like I said, 45 minutes or so before it took off around the side of the hill where I couldn't see it no more. Yeah, that's a amazing encounter. And it, I, it was headed right towards the way that I came up. That's why I didn't want to leave. That was the only way I knew how to get back down, and I was too scared to go. Even with a gun in my hand and everything, you know, still scared. Yeah, and no one can blame you for that. I mean, that's terrifying to be in that position. I bet you felt like a trapped mouse just waiting for the cat to leave so you could get out of there, you know? That's exactly how I felt, especially them deer coming running. Usually the if a, a buck's usually chasing the does, and the buck was first. The buck was like, screw this, I'm out of here. You girls can hang out behind me. They must have saw that thing or smelled it or something, and they were high talent they they weren't looking looking around looking back they were just getting it did you notice any smell from the wind no i never got that close to it the only reason i could see everything so good is because i had them binoculars that day and i had them set up on tripods so i was in perfect position too bad it wasn't like these times whenever when there's a phone on your or a camera on everybody's phone and like back then there was no cell phones well there was cell phones but not many people had them yeah there definitely wasn't cameras on everything because that would have been the perfect opportunity to film that thing well i can't thank you enough for coming on and and sharing the encounter yeah i appreciate you listening i not too many people will sit and listen to it without giving you a bunch of grief and telling you you're smoking crack or something. <laughs> yeah. No, no one, you, you'll never believe it until you see it. Well, it's true. I, you're absolutely yeah. right. You'll never believe you it until you see it. If you see one, then 
and you know you'll know what I'm talking about, but sometimes some of the stories you don't believe them, no one's gonna believe you until they see it themselves, and like I wrote in the email, someday we'll be vindicated, bud someday someone's gonna get a clear clear picture or a body or something there's I just think there's not too many of them out there that's like, you never see a dead bear in the woods, and there's thousands of bears everywhere. Hell, I've, I've never seen a dead deer in the woods unless I shot it. You know what I mean? They're smart enough to know if they're going to die, they're going to go someplace where, like any animal, where nobody's going to find them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I believe you. You know, it's one of those things, like you said, you had an amazing encounter to be able to sit there and watch it. And like I said, the behaviors that you mentioned, you know, we speculate all the time. You know, I think we've come to the conclusion they do these things, but no one really knows why they do those things. And then you had but front row seat. I never heard a howl or anything like that either, like trying to get a hold of another one. It just kind of seemed like it knew it was in the area by itself and was pretty much content with it. It was a, a a blessing and a curse, bud, because it ruined my uh, nerves for when I go deer hunting, but I'm glad I got to see it because it's a unique situation that probably I'll never experience again in my life, and it'll be, be in my mind for the rest of my life, and it made me a nowhere. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Jay. No problem. Thank you. Imagine for a moment, you live in Washington State. You just moved out to this country property. You're sitting on your porch. You're enjoying the country air. And then you see an ape-like creature run across your driveway that isn't supposed to exist. Not only do you see an ape-like creature that isn't supposed to exist, but you see its young following it. And you're really not sure what to make of it. That's what happened to my next guest. Kim is from Washington State. And the area that she's at, we're going to keep it secret at the moment not to upset the audience but just out of respect for the witness we'll keep the location secret but i know this location very well in fact i've had many many reports from this exact location and i'll be heading out to this property to check it out and i will report back to the audience what i find but for tonight i want to welcome kim to the show thank you wes thanks for having me when did you move into this property uh, two months ago, beginning of May. And so you moved in two months ago. Did you have any sort of inclination that Sasquatch may be around the property? Well, yeah, I did, just because it's a very heavily wooded area. And there's, it's, it's very remote and secluded, so naturally you wonder what could be out there. Uh, I've actually gotten a lot of reports from that area. I know there's a campground near your property, and I've actually gotten a, mm, four or five reports from that campground. Probably the last six months to a year, I've gotten those reports, and then I've gotten other reports from your area. Um, at the time of your sighting, do you want to tell us what you were doing, and then just kind of walk us into what you saw and what you experienced? Okay, well, it was just starting to get dark, and I was sitting out on the patio with my little dog on my lap and the 
just enjoying the breeze because it had been really hot yesterday. All of a sudden, my dog starts to growl this really low, rumbly growl, and his ears were perked up. And I, I looked around just to see, you know, what he could be growling at. And the next thing I heard was thundering footsteps coming down the hill behind the house, and it was loud. And I heard it go across the driveway, and the driveway is, it's, it's just a dirt driveway. And so I put my dog down, and I got up, and I walked over to behind my car, which is about maybe maybe 30, 40 feet from where I was, was sitting. And I was expecting to see deer running through the woods down the hill below where I was sitting. And I saw this creature. He was standing behind a tree. And I just remember kind of looking at it like, am I seeing things? And then it, it turned around, it stepped out from behind the tree, and it turned around and faced me and looked me straight in the eyes, and it was eye level to me where I was standing, and it was down the hill, and it it had to have been, oh, seven, eight, nine feet tall. It just looked me right square in the eyes, and I remember my heart just, Rose, and I was thinking to myself, "Am I really seeing this? Am I really seeing this?" And I didn't know. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't move. I was just frozen. A couple seconds later, I hear more thundering footsteps coming running down the hill behind the house, and I looked up the driveway and I saw four more smaller ones crossing the driveway and running down into the woods after the, the big one. And then they they just, like, they were going so fast, they just disappeared. And the four little ones were on all fours, and they were, they were moving really, really fast on all fours through the, through the woods. And I, I remember I thought, oh, my God, I, this isn't real. I'm really not seeing this. And so I went back, walked back up to the patio. I picked my dog up. I grabbed my iPhone, and I went in the house, and I sat on my bed, and I sat here for a long, long time just kind of going, whoa, did I really just see what I saw? And so then we were telling the the owner of the property about, this sighting this morning, and apparently um, this property has quite a lengthy history with Bigfoot sightings. <laughs> I'm kind of curious, when he saw the big one, What I know it was starting to get dark at the time he saw him. What did you, did you get it, were you, was it more of an outline, or were you able to get a good look at him? Well, it was definitely, we were face-to-face. I mean, we were not too far away from each other. Um from where I was standing at the tree was probably 12 feet from me to the tree, and he was about 12 feet down the hill from the tree. Yeah, I got a, I got a really good look at him. I mean, he, he, 
he looked me straight square in the eyes. I could see the color of his eyes they were kind of an amber yellow color. It was a very stern look. It wasn't, I wouldn't say threatening really, but it was a real stern look, almost like he was questioning what I was going to do next. Yeah, kind of a scowl on his face. Yeah, yeah. Can you describe to him in details what you saw? Can you talk about the color and the face and anything that you remember from what you saw? Well, the arms were really, really long. Um, the fur was kind of a, a grayish, a grayish brown or, or kind of a, a, a dark gray. And the face was, um, there was a lot of, of flesh on the face, um, had kind of a, the nose was kind of flatter. Um, and, you know, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I, it just, it just stunned me and it happened just within seconds, and then, boom, they went running off through the woods, and they were gone. The larger one, he was on two feet the whole time? Yep, he was on two feet. Did the little ones ever get up on two feet, or were they on all fours the whole time? Well, I saw them all on all fours as they were coming across the driveway, and then they they vanished down into the woods, I couldn't see them really running through the woods. I could hear them running through the woods, the little ones, because I was fixated on that big one. And then the big one turned, and boom, they were they were just gone. It was just like, whoa, I saw them kind of bouncing through the, the forest. <laughs> Especially when you're not expecting something like that, and you no, can't really. Not. Yeah, and it's hard to compare it. I know you're. I know you're still excited. It's amazing when you have an encounter like that. Uh, you're excited, and then the same breath, you I know you probably have sat all day long thinking, did I really see that, or was that a dream, You know, or did I imagine that? Yes, yes. It definitely has been on my mind all day. I just kind of, kind of just been sitting there just reflecting on all, all the different mysterious things that I've noticed were happening, but I didn't know what they were, but now I believe that it was probably them, um, like piles of rocks. The driveway, the property is up on a hill, and then there's a real big hill right behind the property, and it's really heavily, heavily wooded with rainforest, old-growth trees, and the driveway goes all the way around the property in a circle. And I walk around the property, and I notice piles of rocks. It's like somebody put a bunch of rocks in a bucket and then just emptied it all in a little pile. Some of them kind of look like they're stacked up on top of each other. And I'm, and I, I'm thinking, what the heck? Where did these rocks come from? They weren't there the other day. A lot of people listening might think, well, maybe it was your neighbors. But how far away is your, I mean, how close is your nearest neighbor? We don't have any. It's very secluded. There's not a neighbor anywhere. Yeah, so nobody would be out there piling rocks or kind of messing no. with you guys. No, but you know what's interesting is, is I have a, I have a, I have a, a metal dish on the patio and it's full of rocks that I stack up all the time. And it's just sitting on the patio. 
So it kind of kind of reminds me of that when I see these piles of rocks around the property. I just, you know, move them over when I see them. In fact, with the branches, too, I see, I see branches that have been knocked out of trees, and they're lying on the driveway. I mean, big branches. And we haven't had any wind or storms or anything here, and so I, I just don't think much about it. I just, it kind of bewilders me, like, how did this branch just suddenly fall out of the tree? Yeah, now you talked to your landlord about this. What did your landlord have to say? Well, <laughs> the landlord just basically told me that um, this property has a history with Bigfoot sightings. I guess the BFRO had been here for six months doing some research um, some years ago, and um, apparently there's also a book that was written about this property, which I don't want to disclose because we don't want to have people descending over here, but it's, um, from what I understand, uh, a fairly good read if you're interested in in uh, Bigfoot sightings. It'd be nice if the landlord would have mentioned that before you moved in. <laughs> you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. We're finding a lot of, of interesting things out here. Yeah, my dog, too, acting really, really strange the last nine days. Just really, really bizarre behavior. Wanting to go outside in the middle of the night, it's like we'll be sleeping and all of a sudden he will, he'll, he'll jump up and he'll be so upset with whatever it is that he's hearing that he will stand on my chest and then sit on my face and be shaking. And so I turn the light on and, you know, hold him and then kind of move him back over to the other side of the bed. And then he scoots right back over towards me and gets as close as he can, and he's just shaking. So then I turn the light off, and then a few minutes later, he's in. And he jumps off the bed, and then all of a sudden he's, like, doing circles in the room, and he starts barking. And so I turn the light on. And I try to comfort him, but he doesn't want to be comforted. He wants to go out, so I, I let him out, and he takes off in the dark, and then I can't find him. And he won't come when I call him, so then I have to sit out on the patio at, say, 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the morning and wait for him to come back. And usually if I clap my hands, he will come, but even when I do that, he doesn't come, and then eventually he comes. And he'll sit right in the middle of the the backyard, the lawn, and he'll just sit there and he'll make me walk out there to come and get him because it's like he doesn't want to come back in or something. It's really weird. Have you heard any vocalizations on the property? Yes, I have. I have. I've heard, I've heard, um, it sounds like someone's calling either me or my dog. I hear calling, and I hear a lot of movement in the woods behind the house. And a lot of times, too, and this is really, really strange, but we'll be sitting out there, and we sit outside all the time. We're never in the house. And I go wandering up the back hill by myself, and we'll go wandering up through there just to check things out. I've, I've been up there probably four or five times. and 
we'll just be sitting on the patio and I get this really eerie sense like something is in the woods watching us. Can't put my finger on it. It's like, wow. And 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 John said the same thing. He sometimes feels like like there's like we're being watched, but we can't put a finger on what it is. Yeah, and that's pretty common, especially in situations like this. I think for the audience out there, so they understand. Um, and again, we're not going to give away the location of where you're at, but you know, there's a ridge line right behind your home. There's water sources on your property. There's lots of food sources. You know, after you and I spoke, you know, I think, and I'm just guessing, but I think they are sleeping on top of that ridge line during the day and coming down to the water at night and you, you just cross paths with them. The driveway, I know, wraps around and around and around that ridge line. And so it makes sense that you saw them coming across your driveway as, you know, so most people don't, most people probably don't understand when they hear driveway. They think of a lot of suburban type areas, but this is a different type of driveway. This thing yeah. crossed. How are you feeling about them being on the property? I actually think it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. I, uh, I am not so sure why they allowed me to see them because I've only been here for two months when the owner of the property has been here for years and has wanted to see them but has never seen them. And that's interesting. The BFRO came and rented the property? That's what I was told, yep. Did he say why? Was there several sightings out there and so there were... Yes, quite a few. Actually, if you... I can't disclose the name of the book on air, but you know the book I'm talking about. Apparently, the 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 family that had lived here before the current owner had quite um, an extensive um, experience or contact with the the Bigfoot. Yeah, and be careful. You know, like you and I were just talking about before we went on air. Be careful about feeding them. You know, these things. Like I said, and what like you and I were talking about earlier. In Washington State, we generally don't get quite as many violent type encounters as they do, let's say, down south. But they do happen. These things, these things do have short tempers, and they are unpredictable at times. But you know, I know people in Washington State, you know, like the Browns, for example, they haven't had anything bad happen on their property uh, or any sort of aggression. But it, it does happen. You know, it, it definitely does happen. That's really cool that you saw the big one and then the small one. You know, most people don't have that type of encounter. Yeah, it, it, I honestly, I feel honored and blessed that they allowed me to see them. I don't know why, per se, but, um, it was, uh, yeah, I was, I was really, really, uh, stunned because <laughs> I, I had walked over there thinking that I was going to see deer running through the woods and it wasn't. So it was, it was a big shock. Well, and these things do make mistakes. I mean, it, I don't know that it was so much they allowed you to see them. I think probably what happened is they thought the coast was clear, didn't realize you were there and were making their way down to the water source, you know, and and it's dangerous in any situation when you come between an adult and a 
I don't want to say child, but when you be, you know what I'm saying? Like you come across like a mother bear and her cub, it, uh, can yeah, that situation I, go bad really quick? Yeah, and, that would definitely go bad real quick with a mother bear and cubs. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I feel grateful that nothing happened because something could have happened. I mean, I, w- I was really close to it, really, really close to it. And I could smell it. And the smell was just like, overpowering body odor. Yeah, it was pretty intense. But uh yeah, I, I I was pretty lucky I think that nothing nothing happened because of the possibility of something happening was really, really great because I was really close to it. Yeah, when they're turning back to look at you and there's young ones there, uh with any animal really, uh you make one move and things are going to go bad pretty quick. But it sounds like it sounds like maybe on this property there hasn't really been any, and I don't know the property, but I'm just guessing, there hasn't been any real aggression on either side in the past. And so that's probably why they were more open. I still think it was a mistake. I think they, they crossed paths and didn't realize you were there. But the fact that there really hasn't been, you know, no one's popping shots off at them and, or anything mm-hmm. like that uh, in the past. That's probably why it didn't really do anything. It was probably waiting to see what you were going to do in the moment that you just stood there and you didn't do anything. You know, there was enough time to leave the area, exit out of the area. Have you looked around the property for footprints or anything like that? Yeah, we did. Actually, I took the, <laughs> excuse me, I took the other roommate and we walked around and I showed him where I believe they were coming down the the hill and where they and I showed them where they crossed but it's so dry you can see like scuffs in the dirt but you, we couldn't make out any footprints but you could see that there was motion there like something had passed through there but we couldn't see footprints it's just really really dry yeah, especially since the way the weather's been out here lately. You know, it's been in the 90s. You know, I think today it was 95. Uh, right. And so it's been so hot. You know, you might go down and check around the pond area to see if there's any footprints around where some of the water line to see if there's anything down in there. That's where I would go to look if I was out on that property. Yeah, we talked about that. We have to ask the the landlord where that is because we, we just don't know. We didn't even know there was a pond down there. Yeah, well, I can't wait to come check out the property. I'm excited to uh, come out there. I'm excited for your your sighting. I know it's one of those weird things that happens in your life, and it's just odd to see something like that. And I'm excited to come out and check it out and see. Me too. I'm excited to have you come out. I look forward to meeting you. Oh, the feeling's mutual. The feeling's mutual. I'll keep you posted if something else happens. Yeah, definitely keep me posted. And I can't thank you enough for coming on and, and sharing your uh, encounter. I know how exciting it is. And if you get a chance, check out some of the the shows I've done in the past and listen to other people's encounters and, and try and gain as much knowledge as you can. And uh, when I come out there, I'll take a look around and show you what little I know, and, and we'll take a look at it together. That sounds great. Thank you so much, Wes, for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Kim. And that's it for tonight, everyone. 
thanks for being here. And as soon as I go out to Kim's property and check it out, I will report back to you what I find. Have a great night, everyone.
Get to Old Navy now for February's biggest style steal. 40% off all jeans and tees. Jeans start at just $18 for adults, $12 for kids. With tees from just $7 for adults, $6 for kids. All jeans and tees are on sale, even your favorite rock star jeans. All jeans and all tees are 40% off right now. Don't miss out. Run into Old Navy and OldNavy.com today. Valid 211 to 221 excludes in-store clearance jeans and tees. Active licensed and men's package tees. 